0: Old man, doing a podcast Real weirdos, we have English degrees Real weirdos, we talk about movies For way too goddamn long Good morning
1: Good morning, Marky Mark Wahlberg that's me. I'm
0: Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg I have here. A, an nice. Enormous cock. It's made of rubber. Mark nice. Wahlberg from
1: Ted. I wonder, like <laughs> he like it, like the trivia says. Uh, you were saying, like Mark Wahlberg still has that cock. Now I'm wondering, in what capacity does he still have that cock? Like, does he? Is it just in a box somewhere in an attic or a storage unit? Or does, is it like is it like on a mantelpiece on like a pillow?
0: Probably not. I think like I was reading like a little interview with him and not that he like disavows Boogie Nights or something, but he says he kind of regrets it because he's like a Catholic and has children now. And he's like, I can't, uh, it's a hard one to explain to my children. Is it though? Uh, apparently to him. Like, is it hard? It's like, dude, that movie made
2: your career. God, that makes him so lame.
1: I just don't understand that kind of shit. Like, how do I explain this to my kids? Well, it exists. So, you would explain it in the capacity that it exists in. Like, I don't understand why people treat their children like they're fucking... These little, like, innocent angels that can't be exposed to... The, it's like, I, yeah, I mean, I watched these fucking... I watched Boogie Nights when I was 10. Watch it by myself. I was like, alright, cool. Shit's weird. You know, I was like, oh, this movie's weird.
0: I don't understand Catholics either. I don't understand a lot of things about yeah, people. I don't I talk just...
2: about a career that's almost kind of gone in like reverse for me, at least. I yeah, definitely. I don't think he's
1: good anymore, honestly. Definitely, <laughs> like, no. He, I don't. I don't really think he has much like depth anymore. I think he's kind of just where he's at, and he's kind of like fitness. And
0: I think he could be. His new movie looks interesting. It's just like a, a drama about the father losing his son. Um, and that looks like it could be a really good performance. I just think he doesn't generally or hasn't cared in a little while. Like he's just taking the big movies, like he's in Michael Bay movies and stuff like that and like America movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where he's, <clears throat> where he's like on an oil tanker and it blows up and it has patriotic music going or like he'll play a soldier, you know? Very, like, America dad movies.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he doesn't have that kind of... I I think the last movie that he was in that I liked was Four Brothers.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie was interesting.
1: Like, it wasn't a great movie, but it was, like, a cool little, like, hard-nosed... He kind of played that same kind of Boston hard edge that he always does. But, yeah, Four, Four, Four Brothers was interesting. And that was, like, the last thing I saw him in that was, like, all right, this is fun to watch. It's like Ethan Hawke. Last thing I saw Ethan in was the, what was it? The Precinct. I think it was Boyhood for me. P- fucking Boyhood. Everyone loves that movie or hates it. It's a weird, that movie has such a weird reception.
2: I'm pretty in the middle for it. I mean, I'm impressed by the the project and production of it for sure, but meh. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it took 12 years to make Alex. has to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh man, are you fucking kidding me? He's he's Sully in the Uncharted movie.
2: Oh, he is. He did get cast in Uncharted.
1: See, I don't know the Uncharted games. Sully is the like the guy that like, leads Nathan around, right? He's like the, yeah, the boat he's like captain. the old mu-
0: He's like the old cigar smoking guy. Yeah, okay. Who is not anything like Mark fucking Wahlberg. Although also <clears throat> they cast Spider Man himself, Tom Holland. As a Nathan Drake, Nathan Drake. so wow, like, go really? fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Wow. Did they Ta- really? I mean,
1: that's funny because like, he's out of, fine. No, he's no fine. Problem he's a good him, actor. Like I'm cool but with not Tom Holland. Nathan Drake. No, who would who who would play a Nathan Drake right now?
0: I mean, they did the fan film with Nathan Fillion, and it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's pretty old now.
0: It's it worked, but yeah, I mean, I think the reason that they're doing this. Like Mark Wahlberg is twenty years younger than Sullivan was. Tom Holland is at least twenty years younger than fucking Drake was. Is cause they're doing the thing. You know, it's like let's yeah. make sure we have the paddings to have endless sequels. Yeah. Which they're not gonna because it's gonna bomb because they're doing it cynically to begin with.
1: Yeah. And also like video game movies notoriously just don't ever do really well.
2: Apparently this Last of Us series or movie they're doing is like really high budget. It's like rivaling Game of Thrones per See that's the thing
1: is like Last of Us you can do that because Last of Us is not a adventure game that's like puzzle focused and like, like what makes the story of Uncharted is great but it has more mechanically involved aspects to the game whereas in Last of Us it's like it's a narrative game, you know? Like, there's some cool shooting and good cool stealth elements, but the game itself is about the writing and the narrative, so you could easily do a good show about yeah,
0: that. Yeah, they, they didn't even get a good director for this. It's Ruben Fleischer.
1: What is... I have no idea. What Video. has he done?
0: Let's see. Zombieland and Zombieland 2 People and People fucking
1: love Zombieland, bro. What is Zombieland? Uh, Let me that's see. the one with um Woody Harrelson it's, it's and... That's where hey,
0: Woody Harrelson wants Twinkies.
1: And the Facebook kid. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: don't remember it. I don't remember it being good.
1: But it's like a cult. Like not even cult. Like people love Zombieland. I've they s- do. I've, yeah. Yeah. It's Adam. Like...
0: Adam talks about Zombieland a lot.
1: Yeah, people love that. Movie.
0: I'm like, sure.
1: Uh, what was the other one you said? Venom. People love Venom too. The Tom Hardy people one. People
0: don't. People don't love Venom. Okay, and yeah, that's people true. Think Venom is acceptable.
1: Yeah. So, okay, people don't love Venom, but people in accepted Venom, which is to me good enough because in the, in basically in this time it's like you either movies either bomb or do well
0: I guess it's not a mark of quality though
1: it's not well I mean it's a Venom movie I mean,
2: what did it you has expect?
1: The, the money behind it it's
0: a PG 13 Venom movie like what did you
1: think like I, did you think that they were going to do a, a, like a Logan style Venom movie you could
0: The the doors open to do that yeah, they should have not done that. Do that dude why why
1: because it, the movie industry doesn't take chances like that
0: they're starting to, in the superhero realm, at least.
1: I mean, I agree that Logan was... The, I mean, Logan's the best superhero movie ever made.
0: It is, because it's not one. Exactly, and that's why I love it <laughs> so like much. It's like a miserable Western. Have Did you, you seen guys Logan? like the
2: Nolan Batmans? Yeah,
1: I, I liked great. Dark Knight. Got I it. didn't like Batman Begins. I thought that movie was pretty boring and derivative. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that the other one with Tom Hardy was... Just not as I don't know. You know Heath Ledger's performance. I mean, we don't have to go into why Dark Knight's the better movie. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just.
0: Well, it's it wisely doesn't try to make Tom Hardy the same kind of thing. It's a, the movie's about something else. Yes, I did see I, I, Logan, you know,
1: though, and I, I did like it very much. Logan is great. Like, it's so just. I I can rewatch that movie a lot. Like, I'd
0: be happy to do Logan on the. I podcast, think we should do an Lo- episode point.
1: of Logan. I think that would be a good because it's like we're not going to do any of the Marvel movies ever. At least in my world, I guess. Yeah, no,
0: I, I, like, I'm the one who would choose those, but I'm not going to because I don't, I don't want to have that conversation for an hour with you. Yeah, it's just yeah, exactly. It's I just. A, I really don't. Yeah, it's just not a. It yeah, just be frustrating. Yeah, just I don't know. It wouldn't be fun. It'd just be frustrating.
1: So there's just not a. But Logan would be a cool episode because I'd be
0: like, these elements are well done. You're like, no, it's shit. I would not like, be no, like, but no, but these. <laughs> That's
1: when we're just talking between me and you. If we're actually gonna have a conversation about it on the podcast, then I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna actually put in the. Well, we might why at some point. We
0: might do like. We could do like the new Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. There's gonna be another one, like.
1: Of course. Oh, they stop? I don't know, man, because I just have hope for the world. Sometimes. They're gonna do it will
0: with like <laughs> Thor in it, I think, or something. What?
1: Oh yeah, because he like joined the crew apparently, or like tried yeah, to yeah uh. Sounds amazing.
0: I can't wait for that. Oh my god,
1: dude. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. I hate like that, that, that sentence just came out of your fucking mouth. Thor's gonna join the crew of Guardians of the Galaxy. I love it. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> oh fuck.
2: Ugh. There'll be plenty of seventies soft rock too. Which is getting really fucking old. I'm sorry. But like I I understand it's cool juxtaposition when you have like action and like cool poppy seventies songs, but now it's just like so fucking formulaic and that's all they do.
1: And I'm like, can we just get over this? Like Yeah. I agree. Yes. That was cute in like the first Guardians where he's like coming out of the ship and it's like Oh, he's listening to old music, and it's the future. Yeah. Cool, like his, that's Well, cute. now
0: it's 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 hackneyed now because everyone is doing Exactly. It Outside of yeah. Guardians of the
1: Galaxy as well. It's like, like it's Suicide Everywhere.
0: Squad tried yeah. to do it and failed yeah. along with everything else it tried to do. Oh, man,
2: that movie
1: was so bad. <laughs>
0: Interestingly, really. James Gunn, the director of Guardians and Guardians 2, is doing the new Suicide Squad movie. All right, well. Mm.
1: Well, that's the thing. Is like I wanted to like Suicide Squad. It was just, it was just a big pile of trash that made no sense. And it was and, a movie that
0: was completely ruined in editing.
1: Yeah, it just, it just had no like everything. Just, it, it just didn't make any sense. Like there was no cohesive through plot line to it. It was like there was this side plot with the Joker. Anyway, I'm not getting into Suicide Squad. I'm not doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like it had it, potential.
1: It did. The new one might
0: be good. It has James Gunn directing and writing it, so it probably will be good. Yeah. everything he does is good in my opinion
1: what has he done outside of guardians i'm not really familiar oh with so his... he
0: uh he started out with trauma, trauma and he did stuff for trauma like lloyd kaufman like low budget horror stuff he okay. did slither oh okay he did slither wow and then he did super okay the rain wilson one yeah the rain wilson like superhero ish movie It's like yeah that movie's a lot of fun he did Scooby Doo and then he went in to do Guardians of the Galaxy he did Scooby Doo like the
1: one with like in the 2000s he did not do Scooby Doo no, <laughs> no 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 he, he did not do it <laughs> okay <laughs> I was like he did those early two thousand Scooby Doo movies with like Freddie Prinze Jr <laughs> oh, that's an man. interesting turn okay Paris, Texas let's get into it folks speaking
0: of Scooby Doo <laughs> let's talk about Paris, Texas <laughs>
1: What's up, my friends?
0: You. You guys.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking to the audience. Oh, yeah. It could have been either one. Yeah, I don't know. never know with you. We
0: don't know how to start or end podcasts. Well, that's, I think that's the charm.
1: I think that's the charm of this podcast.
0: Well, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully there's
1: some kind of charm. To be Especially found with our new,
0: our new theme song.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. You, I hope you folks liked it. <laughs> yeah. it, it was uh, produced and... Uh, Performed exclusively by Jesse Katman and his mouth orchestra.
0: Yeah, I had uh, David Bowie come in from beyond the grave, do a little, do a little soul with me. Yeah, summoning that
1: energy. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like just like Ziggy Stardust.
0: Um, I do. Ziggy played guitar.
1: I won't. I won't do <laughs> <this>. <laughs>
0: um, Today we're talking about Paris, Texas. Which I had open, but now I have James Gunn and Tom Holland open somehow. Our last discussion. (laughs) Let me pull this up. But uh, Paris, Texas. It's a movie from 1984 starring Harry Dean Stanton. And this is Alex's pick. And uh, Alex, why don't you go ahead and tell us what the deal is with this and why you chose it.
2: So... I chose it because I wanted to talk about the idea of slow burn in in film, um, and I've always been someone who says that he likes slow burns. And when I saw this movie, it might be one of the slowest burns I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, um, it's
1: slow. There, I mean, he doesn't. There's no word that we have invented that characterizes yeah, like, how slow
2: this fucking movie is. Um. I will say that the Donald Trump election, oh my this God. is going to get weird, right? Oh. Yes. Hello. I saw people out and about with these red hats on. And every time uh, mate, I would you think see think of Harry one, Dean yes, Stanton? Yes. <laughs> every single time I would see someone walk into like, the superstore or something, I would always think of Harry Dean Stanton. Because let me give a quick synopsis here. The film opens with the shot, landscape shots of the American desert, presumably Southwest Texas area. We see Mm -hmm. Harry Dean Stanton kind of just wander out of this wilderness and he's like looking for water and he's obviously lost. He gets picked up by a doctor, found by a doctor, and he's basically mute. And he has a business card with him that is Walt Anderson on it. Walt Anderson ends up being this man, Travis's brother. So the doctor calls Walt and says, hey, I found this guy. Walt's like, oh my god, I need to go and pick up my brother. And you realize that Harry Dean Stanton has been missing for four years. People thought he was dead, things like that. The movie is basically him re-engaging with his old life. There's a son, fatherhood there's romance and a girl involved with that but he gets taken in by basically his brother and his sister-in-law and he starts this journey into kind of i don't want to say it's like amnesia because it doesn't seem as quite as strong but there's some type of mental block in harry dean stanton's head where he can't quite pinpoint at the beginning of the movie at least what has gone on and where he's been so it's about a man who wanders back from the wilderness after being gone for four years
0: yeah dealing with his the finding his son again that who lives with his brother and his wife, and eventually yeah kind of discovering uh, uh his his ex wife towards the end mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's two and a half hours. It is definitely a slow burn. I like how the movie uses space. Oh, right yes. and this becomes this becomes pretty obvious early on when there's just so much space given to the landscapes even when people are framed against them the people are generally pretty small like the movie just has space like so much yeah. <laughs> air to it and um i think that ties into the theme of the movie as well which is really when you get right down to it it's about the space between people it's about the space mm-hmm. between Harry Dean Stanton and his brother, the space between him and his son, the space between him and his inexplicably beautiful 25-year-old wife. You're like, Harry <laughs> Dean Stanton,
1: you dog. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that whole like movie 60. Scene. I was like 60. <laughs> i like, damn. No, dude, Harry. No, Harry. Oh, yeah.
0: That's the that's the least uh, <laughs> believable part of it. It's like mm-hmm. some Getevan level, but, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jeff, what did you think of Paris, Texas?
1: Oh, man, I struggled with this movie. I really did. Um, you know, Alex recommended it, and Alex knows movies, and he knows great narrative. And well, I'm, Alex
0: also told us to watch funny games. So. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but
1: I mean, I forgive him for that, because, you know, I'm it's a true. Christian. We do. But, and, um, um, but this <laughs> I just like to give him crap. <laughs> but this, this movie, I understand what makes this movie enjoyable and what's good about it and i'm going to talk about the positives i really because i i don't want to front load it with negative like (laughs) i did for videodrome and put you off so i'm going to talk about the positives of this movie that i enjoyed i really enjoyed the space just like jesse said i think this movie encapsulates the just the vast gorgeousness of the american west this movie felt older to me, than what it was, it felt like an old movie, like a movie that like your grandma would say that was like her favorite movie. You're like, hey, grandma, what's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I love Paris, Texas. It's the really, <laughs> it, it's a good story about. It. And you watch it, and you're like, can oh, okay, see, I can see why grandma likes this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's so slow, but in it does it utilizes all of its time efficiently. It does tell the story well with what. The, time it has but I feel like it just kind of drags on personally it's just not a story I identify with it's I find the story itself to be a little bit derivative and so it tends to not encapture it tends not encapsulate the things I like about a movie so I kind of found myself like okay cool all right (laughs) move on
0: I could see it <laughs> I could see it being derivative if you just like look at it as like oh a guy has to reconnect with his son and his wife but the because that could be any number of of movie you know yeah but the way that it's presented here it's presented in a way I've never quite seen before it's so it's so it's definitely very slow but it has a, a an interesting softness to it and you're... I was Really interested in figuring out who Harry Dean Stanton was and like what was going on with him. Uh-huh. Why is his memory so messed up? And maybe he was lying about it, but I guess he he kind of blocked blocked things out. Yeah. The only music you hear throughout the whole movie is just Ry Cooter strumming on a guitar. Fuck yeah! <laughs> and I uh, I thought I I had a thought maybe that he was doing the um. Oh, God, what's his name? Director of Escape from New York. John Carpenter. He's doing the John Carpenter thing. Mm-hmm. Where, like, with John Carpenter his for his movies, he basically just sits there with an electric guitar and just, like, strums over it as he watches the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, ends up that ends up being the soundtrack. So I wonder if Cooter did the same thing here.
2: So it's funny. With Cooter, actually, he, he went to some of the sets and some of the scenes. I mean, it wasn't really a set, right? It's just, like, out in the fucking wilderness. But... Really quick, I want to say Wim Wenders, the guy who directed this film. He did another one um, called Wings of Desire a few years later, which is like also extremely famous, but also extremely European, like art house film. And so this is like a European filmmaker's take on like Americana. Um, but mm. Cooter listened to the wind and had like a little tuning fork with him, or like a tuning machine. And found that, like for the most part, most of the time it was an E flat. So he just tuned his guitar half step down, played off of off of that, which I just thought was kind of interesting. Um, just
0: to like have it have the same key that nature has. Yeah, just like this that's weird inter- twang. That's cool. Um. But yeah, I I loved this movie.
2: Oh, you did? I actually, loved it. Okay, yeah, I did.
0: Um, I don't think it was perfect. I it ran a little bit long. Yeah. But that also might have been me just being tired because we've been we've been like doing a lot of these um a lot of these long movies with uh uh Paul Thomas Anderson and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, especially towards the end, which I won't spoil quite yet, uh we'll we'll talk about it. But like I think people should see it if you can handle like Alex says, yeah, a very, very slow burn. Yeah, but I think it's it's mostly very well acted. Harry Dean Stanton is great, as is his wife, uh, Nastasia Kinski. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much his brother. I didn't think. Yeah, I don't
2: know what you guys thought. His brother's kind of just like a. He's been in other stuff before. Dean Stockwell, I think is his name. I've seen him yeah. in other things, but he's he's always kind of been how do I say just kind of like a side stock character he was the doctor I believe in the original Dune the traitor in the original Dune with a little diamond on his forehead Mm. but that's really the only other thing that I can think of him off the top of my head but I honestly didn't like the performances too much of the sister-in-law and his brother I thought they were maybe the weakest ones in the movie and there aren't a lot to pick out um I thought the kid was great, actually.
0: Kid is actually pretty damn good. Yeah. i surprised. I was like, oh, no, kid. Every time I see a kid in a movie, I'm like, oh, here we
2: go. Um, so I love the way that this movie uses space. It reminds me a lot of certain shots in There Will Be Blood. Um, these, like, big, expansive kind of – it's like landscape portrait shots um and then i love the way that wenders plays with color in the film either on light in the sky like a setting sun yes or like like
0: when he's yeah in uh, in in um houston mm-hmm. and you have those gorgeous like neon pink shots of the sky
2: mm-hmm. and there's moments where he'll like walk into a building um Oh, we can probably say this. I don't want to spoil it too much. But you find out that his ex-wife is living in Houston and is working at yeah. kind of like a CD photo booth job. Um, well, yeah.
0: Well, let's just say like spoilers from here on out. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth watching. I think Alex does as well. I'm not sure about Jeff. <laughs>
1: I'm just waiting until you guys done gushing over it. Okay, uh, so you can slay it. No, I'm not slaying the movie. I want to finish explaining why I feel the way I feel. So I'm just waiting for you guys to have your little fanboy moment, and then I'll so bring bring everyone back to reality.
2: So I love the scenes where he'll be in a room and it's like lit like neon green, and there's like white tile in it, and then he'll turn a corner. And go up the staircase and all of a sudden everything is bathed in red it was like there was never any green before and I just think the camera work and the cinematography and the lighting are very clever to create like a very vibrant and aesthetic picture Um, and then one last thing just a little trivia I was mentioning this to Jeff before trying to defend myself (laughs) wielding all of these factoids Um, it was Kurt Cobain's favorite movie it was I saw that. Elliot Smith's favorite movie, which, you know, based on their ethos, kind of, their perceived ethos, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it also was found on Akira Kurosawa's, like, 100 top movies, which he wrote, I think, before he died. And then someone found that list posthumously. And people started, like, freaking out about this movie again because it was on there. All the movies that are on the list are great, but there was this this one in particular was just interesting to me that he would like this film um
0: it's weird how it's blown up over the years it has like a thousand a hundred thousand ratings on imdb yeah. from people which means 10 times have seen more than have seen that at least but it came out it has like a one million dollar budget and it made like two million dollars yeah <laughs> at the box office so it's a tiny movie that just gained traction over the years so people watch it and they're like wow was, what's this like art house epic exactly
2: also, it won the Palm d'Or. I don't know how the listeners feel about oh, yeah, best picture, Palm or whatever. But you know, Kansas—they have—it's a cool festival, and it's very like European, right? Like it—it it has this like Euro kind of charge to it. So, have you been there? Oh no, I meant the I meant the festival. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Just like the movies that seem to no, win. No, I mean, are, have you like, been to the festival? Different. Oh no, I have not. Have you? Okay. No, I wish. I would love to go though. If I had the chance to Let's go, go to the Academy Awards or Cannes, I think I would choose Cannes.
0: Oh, I wouldn't go to the Oscars. I don't even watch the Oscars. Yeah. I'd go to. I'd rather go to a film festival. I mean, they we film it in that. my backyard. The three of us should go to a film festival. Sure, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: that'd be, yeah.
0: Cool. that'd be a good time. Uh, what were we talking about? What movie? Paris. Texas. Dwayne Johnson's <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's latest Jungle <laughs> oh, Cruise. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh
2: fuck. Um, jungle Cruise. Wait.
0: Okay, so Jeff, why is this movie terrible, and why are we bad people? Guys, the projecting in this episode.
1: <laughs> um, so Paris, Texas is not a terrible movie by any means. It's shot beautifully, all the reasons. That's why I kind of wanted to let you guys go, because then you'll just kind of pad out all the positives. Um, this, it's, I, when I focus on a movie like this, I, I go, okay, so this movie's going to be quiet. It's going to be slow. I'm into that. I like a slow burn. I, I like a slow burn in horror more often than anything else but sure I'll go with one of these movies this isn't a genre of movie I would normally gravitate to anyway so that's already kind of against it for me but I was like okay I'm gonna give it a shot narrative has to hold some kind of piece of the puzzle of a movie for me and this narrative is just not interesting to me personally it's just not like it's There's pieces of this movie that are interesting. Like the scene uh, where he's watching the home movies back of his family. And he's kind of having these little, like, smile moments with his son. Like, that's sweet. There's a lot of sweet moments. But I, I was really invested in the beginning of this movie in the weirdness. I was like, okay, this guy comes out of the desert in a fugue state. You know, he's totally amnesic to his life, like, what's going on? I was, like, expecting some weird shit. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, and it I was, starts, too. It starts with this weird German doctor mm-hmm. in this, like, <laughs> hot, like, just kooky... I mean, I was getting, like, almost inherent vice flashbacks in the beginning of just, like, this weird, lit, neon-lit hospital room that he's in that just looks, like, disgusting with this, like, German doctor who's, like, smoking a cigar and going through his shit. And just, like, it's just so, like unsanitary. I was like really into this aesthetic. I was like, oh, where's this going? Are we about to enter this like kind of acid trip world where this guy just wanders from kooky place to kooky place? And I was very invested. And then it kind of just turns out to be like a well-shot, well-directed romance drama, mm-hmm. like melodrama. And it just it was just disappointing. I like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, Okay, cool. Him and his son are leaving to go to Houston and find their mom. Is this when like some crazy shit or is this when Henry Dean Stanton's past is gonna catch up with him? Is he running from something? Because even the doctor in the beginning of the movie says, you know, the only people who don't talk are the people who are running from something or have, who have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for that the whole movie and it just never happens nothing ever well you we
0: learn happens. about it through dialogue yes at but the end. I
1: will say yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: the reveal is not like it does not match the weight of everything behind it trying to figure out well what happened what happened it's just a simple conversation that reveals it
1: it's a conversation that about just like okay well I mean and we're since we're in spoilers you know it's like he he was a bad alcoholic the mother wasn't really there and then you know it's like he goes into this whole like narrative about like and this is where I was kind of confused. Like, just so he he ties her up or chains her up, and then she sets fire. Like, she gets away and takes the kid, and then yeah, sets she fire escaped to their and set fire to the house. So she was like trying to kill him because he was he in the house. Yeah, he was. Sleeping. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, he that's woke up th- on fire. Yeah, 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 okay, that's what I thought. I, I had a, like a whole little point there where I was like, it was that a dream? What did he dream? I was.
0: Utterly transfixed during this scene. The acting was sensational. This was the I best, loved, was the oh, best yeah. scene in the movie. For I sure. loved the. It just felt. It was so touchingly human. It definitely elicited some tears from me. I do not mind saying oh, yeah, it, Every it really time I watch
2: it. that scene, I cry just a little bit. And not only because yeah. of Harry Dean Stan. Yeah. N- Natasha, or whatever her name is. She is. Holy
0: yeah. shit. She. <laughs> Just her face, her face made me cry. A I little know, bit. couple man, couple man tears.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm so I just did not get that same emotional attachment to this movie or the characters. I found it to just be a little too slow. Well, I for wonder, its, for I its wonder if again. that
0: had to do with expectation because I knew nothing about this. I saw that it was. I looked at the poster when Ale- Alex said we were watching it, and it has Harry Dean Stanton walking down railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. I saw that with, that it was two and a half hours. <laughs> And rated R, and I was like, "Okay, this is an Alex pick. It's gonna get weird and dark."
2: <laughs> like, <Exactly. I> don't <laughs> and know. then it I mean, didn't. Yeah,
0: I think I figured that out pretty quickly when I was like, "I think what clued me in more than anything was that there was no music besides Ray Cooter's like <laughs> guitar, and the guitar really sets the tone for the movie because it's never you're not getting like." any dark passages with the guitar. It's very soft and contemplative and just, you know, wandering through America kind of guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, that's the tone of this movie. Now I can settle in.
1: Yep. I just didn't get, I was, when I was listening to that score the whole time, I thought of like, like weird, like warped, like you put like, um, like acoustic guitar through like a wah pedal or like Uh a warp pedal. I was like, I was, I just constantly had this idea of like, okay, like something's going to turn here. And there was these weird moments because Henry Dean Stanton acted this character very well, but very strangely because there are scenes. Cause I, 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 found myself oddly transfixed on him the whole movie. I found myself really looking into his character's eyes and its facial expressions. He's a very interesting looking man. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: he's sexy as hell.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean... I'm kidding. Uh, he, he looks like a piece of meat that was left in the sun too long. Um, yeah, he looks so, like a wet but, cigarette. He
0: looks like the guys <laughs> you see in line for, like, Carl's Jr. Oh
1: Exactly. He looks Yeah, so anyway, so he looks like he should be wearing many jackets. <laughs> um, so uh, this was the type of character that I was really interested in. And I was like, okay, when is... When is things gonna get weird? When when is it gonna be revealed that he was like he's running? I I, I wanted this movie to get um no co- I was waiting for it to get No Country for Old Men. I was waiting for that to drop. I was like, when is it gonna get there? And it just never does. And by then, I was just not interested well, it's, in the story. It's not trying to. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it felt like that Harry to Dean me. Sting I was like, is I the one who killed all those drug dealers at the beginning before Josh Brolin. <laughs> I just, was I him. just wasn't <laughs> expecting a very human melodrama. And I, I guess this is the
0: this is the the dark side of us prescribing movies to each other without any context whatsoever is sometimes it can lead to like false expectations.
1: I don't think it, I think the movie gave me false expectations. I don't think it had anything to do with Alex. I think the beginning of the movie set itself up to be this type of thing for me this type of narrative. It
0: definitely could have gone in, in a different direction. The way that I I saw that too,
1: you know, the, the the brother comes up and he's like, I was expecting some weird shit to start happening with the brother. Like he's like, all right, you know, things are, something's not adding up. Me and you are going to figure this out together. What's going on with you? What happened to you? Where are you coming from? What happened to you these last four years? And so he just like takes him to LA suburbia and they like eat dinner. And it's like uh, it's like fuck, dude. All right, cool, okay. So they're in LA now. Well, LA's a weird place. So maybe like he'll wander off in LA or like do something. It's like, oh, okay, he bonds with his son. Cool. And then they they go find mom. And then yeah. they, and it's like, all right, well, now they're leaving, they're going to Houston and they're doing it without the, the brothers permission. So that's that's tricky. That's some tricky plot narrative there. Uh they find the mom. Mm-hmm. It's like uh
0: Yeah. They find the mom. They have a conversation. And then she's reunited with her son.
1: I just, I wasn't attached to the characters (laughs) enough to like delve deep enough into the human drama of it. I was just waiting for something narratively to happen in the movie.
0: Yeah. No, it's not a narrative movie. The story is very simple. The story is very, very simple. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, it's about thematically, it's about the space between people and trying to close those spaces. And, uh, the story is subservient to tone and just like sort of hanging out with these actors, like watching Harry Dean Stanton's face yeah. as he, as he feels emotions,
1: <laughs> which but we could have done all of that and delved into something interesting. Like you wanted him to be like a
2: Texas Ranger, or like a
1: bank No, robber. nothing. Like it didn't even need to be like, like, action-y. he want, Jeff wanted
0: it to be a, a Dwayne the Rock A Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I knew you were going to fucking say <laughs> that. Guy to he, needs to, he needs <laughs> to jump from too. one tower to another to save his wife.
1: <laughs> no, I the more tower's got to be
0: burning. He's got to say a joke, like a one-liner while he does it. I wanted something
1: interesting about the characters to happen. I wanted something about the character of of Henry Dean Stanton, of uh, Travis, to be...
0: Is Henry Dean Stanton Harry Dean Stanton's brother? Shut
1: up. <laughs>
0: Jesus.
2: I didn't even catch that, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just hear Harry her- Since the last four times you said it was Stanton. Henry, I had to.
0: <laughs> but I think that... Am I needling you too much today, Jeff?
2: <laughs> I think that you hit something pretty uh, like important here, Jeff. Um, when we think of the word extraordinary, people use it as a superlative a lot. And when you look at like the actual word, it's very interesting, right? When something is extraordinary, And I think that this film is like more human, I will say, than any other film I've seen that claims, I guess, to be like human. Because I feel like our lives are actually kind of boring and our personal narratives are like within us, they're very strong and vibrant. But when you try and tell them to another person, Sometimes it falls kind of flat or like your own personal history just doesn't ring as well as other people's do. So I thought that the movie was very interesting to see like a very soft and slow uncovering of like, it's kind of like the reticence to be close to people. Like Jesse was saying with the space, it's like, you are my brother. I haven't seen you in four years and I don't know what happened to you so it we're gonna be like awkward with each other there's like this weird awkwardness and you can see it in the brother he like wants to to be like i'm your brother you can tell me whatever went wrong but you don't have to tell me everything if you don't feel comfortable right it's like dealing with a person that's familiar but also a stranger and then you see harry dean stanton try and build up this like Narrative about himself and try and figure out what was going on. And it's funny because he catches on pretty quick. So I don't want to say it's amnesia. Um, But I feel like the conversation that reveals what happened, like the part that made Jesse and I cry, (laughs) um, I feel like that scene was just so realistic. I guess. And I think in a movie world where I'm not saying movies are violent or anything, but in a movie world where there's always some like, I mean, they are. Yeah. Where it's like some, uh, what is the, the, do it's like this ex machina deus ex, deus ex machina where there's like so many of those. Right. And there's so many like little tricks or little flips in the narrative or like things that make everything just fall into place. This movie deprives the audience of that. It takes away all of those things. There's no gun that's going to solve any of the issues. There's no violent act of aggression or passion or exuberance that is going to, you know, solve anything. It's just simple conversations with people and with your past that you try to figure stuff out with. And that's my, one of my favorite things about this film.
0: I like the, how the concept of space at the end is turned on its head because uh, throughout this time we talk talking about the space between people, blah, blah, blah. But um, their conversation literally takes place in like that phone booth mm-hmm. that you're in when you're like watching a peep yeah. show. And then she's in this tiny room as well. So it's just these people like trapped in this tiny little environment with each other.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. all. No. And then at the end it's of the film. A, like the inversion. The, it shows first the sun stand up in the hotel room and the mother like kind of hesitantly standing there as well. And then they come together. Right. It's that closing of space between them. And then you see Harry Dean Stan drive away in his car, which was also a beautifully Mm -hmm. shot scene as far as color and sunrise or sunset goes. Um, But it's like the movie is all about that space, the space between Texas and LA the space between, like, the temporal space between your past and your present. And then you see the mother and son, like, hug at the very end of the film. And it's, like, this... I don't know. I really like that reading, though, of the, of the space. And it's hard not to have that reading when Wim Wonders is, like... Every shot is, like, okay, I'm going to be, like, 50 yards back from you guys. You're going to walk into this. And, like, the main characters in some of the... Or the main focus is, like, just the landscape. It's, like, the train tracks going way out into the distance or the strange rock formations that rise out of the desert in Texas. Um,
0: you also never go to Paris, yeah, Texas. that is true. The, <laughs> whole, the, whole Paris, the whole Paris, Texas thing hinges on a photograph that Harry Dean Stanton has of a plot of land he bought, an empty plot that he never gets to. And for me, it was just emblematic of uh, like investing in a future that you're never going to see you know or that or that like it's like you put so much into this whether it's monetarily or whatever only to have it end up being empty or unfulfilled which is a mirror in a way to how his relationship with his wife and his son ended up like he's not we don't know if he'll see them again but he doesn't he he doesn't think he's going to he leaves at mm-hmm. the end you know so it's just um i don't know emblematic of a place you want to get to, but you never get to. And so I thought that was very, you know, thematically resonant with his character. Jeff, we love you. Yeah. Come back to us.
1: Yeah. I Do you I mean, leave? Oh, okay. No, I'm, I haven't left. Um, no, I just, I don't really have much to say about this movie. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate that you guys love it. It's, uh, it's a pretty movie. That shot well, but I just found its narrative to not be that engaging or interesting. Didn't
0: didn't wrestle your jimmies, huh?
1: Nope. And so, like, I just found myself kind of waiting for it to end near the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, that is and actually fair, I do. though
0: You know what? Fair enough. I I hate things that. I mean, I I know you don't hate it, but I I I'm not. You know. So keyed in on things that other people love as well. It's funny, Alex, you were talking a little bit ago and it like about how sometimes we tell our life story and it's not as interesting as we think mm-hmm. it is. And that made me think of a movie that I hate called Boyhood. Okay. That we were talking okay. about earlier. Wait, do That's you like hate the it? most boringest thing? Oh, ever. I thought yeah. you liked it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I no, hated
2: it too. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know.
0: Good. You can, you're, you're hired. <laughs> yeah. You're on the podcast.
2: Um, but yeah, no, Jeff, I definitely, you know, the funny thing is, is like, I was, I tried to show this movie to people for so long and got like the same reaction. It's not like the movie that really you put on when you're like, hey, let's watch this entertaining movie. It's not John. It's John not Wick. like entertaining yeah. <laughs> or like in rapture. It's not what I
1: wanted. It's not what I wanted. I didn't want John. Wick.
0: <laughs> but it's, I wasn't talking about you this time. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not John. But I, I
2: definitely see what you're saying. Um, as far as like, I mean, you don't have to be like a father to key in on this movie, but like, it if you don't buy into the emotional, like, uh, let's say, agreement that is set up in the film between the characters, it is like a just this it's like flipping through postcards of southwest United States right like and then you're just like uh, uh, okay like
0: yeah if you're not if you're not key to if the the emotional core of it is not like grabbing you or sucking you into it then I could see how this movie would be very boring (laughs) and I think I think like it's interesting because I think if you showed me similar movies I would think a lot of them were boring it's hard to say why this one works so well and I think it's just direction and Harry Dean Stanton and, and the photography. I don't know, just the the mixture of elements for some reason just worked, and some reason for some sometimes that's hard to quantify exactly.
2: Yeah, that scene is like the. We were talking a little bit with Paul Thomas Anderson how he lets actors work. I feel like there's a lot of that in this film, especially in like the critical scene when they're in the peep show photo booth and he's, like, recounting the history to her. Um, there's so much silence. Oh, my God. That's, like, one of my favorite things about about this movie. Um,
0: there's, like, an hour of this movie is, like, people not saying Exactly. <laughs> like, waiting <laughs> to say lines. Harry Dean Stanton, like, just sitting there, and you're looking at his face, and he's not saying anything.
2: Yeah, and there's one more thing I will say about this film, and it's that... I think that there needs to be more films, not like like this in the style of the quietness and the shooting and the slowness, but it is good for society and for humanity. I feel like when not everything is about being cool in films, if that makes sense to you guys, like not they're not trying to be edgy, you know, they're not throwing on the leather jacket with the motorcycle and trying to be like, Oh, well, life is you know.' life is shitty and that's just the way it is punk like it's this postmodern like kind of effect that we have that makes things sometimes bitter and ironical and satirical when they don't need to be when we should all like at least admit that no one likes to be unhappy or cynical all the time there are moments where you want to be sensitive there are moments where you want to be open and vulnerable so i think the fact that movies like this come out every once in a while and are recognized by some critics, in some critical sense, Um it's good for. I just think it's good for humanity. I think it's good for society. Um
0: So this movie was made in '84. What mm-hmm. like? Do you do you have any analogs for like recent movies besides Boyhood? Oh,
2: okay. So like feel good things like like this. Um, not necessarily. Movie. I don't know if this is yeah. Not good. feel good. It's not like.
0: like but.
2: Hmm.
0: A quiet human drama, I guess.
2: Yeah, you know, there's there's probably movies that I just can't think of off the top of my head right now, but there are a lot of TV shows. There are TV shows like uh Friends and Seinfeld in the early 90s, which I'm not huge fans of those shows, especially Friends. You're likening
0: these to Paris, no. Texas? You no no, 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 no. What do you
2: what? I'm okay. saying that those film, those those shows are the epitome of what I don't want. It's like this idea Got that you just want to be yeah. cool and that like sometimes like, oh well this is just the way it is. Like this is just life and people are mean and they're bitter and they're cynical. There's a new wave of T V shows like The Office, Parks and Rec community, even sometimes <laughs> maybe Arrested Development, that have moments of softness interspersed with the cynicism. Cynicism for cynicism's sake is just kind of like, ugh, I don't like this. Um, and, oh, I have a good idea, actually. I, the way I could describe my feelings towards this movie is I would rather live in the world of Paris, Texas than in the world for No Country for Old Men. If the world of mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men was actually that way and so saturated into society and it was like that like every single day, we would just be offing each other left and right, and I think that the world of <laughs> well, Paris, Texas, is
0: there's a there's a sh- movie theater shooting today oh, and, in California. in oh,
2: Corona, around here, yeah. It was at one of the Purge things, also.
0: So yeah, welcome to No Country for Old Men
2: here. <laughs> also, really quick, uh, just a little bit of news trivia, I guess. Uh, I just found out that Bob Odenkirk happened to collapse on the set of um, Better Call Saul, the show that he's filming and is currently in the hospital. So I would just want to say at least this real weirdo oh, is yeah. sending his energy and love out there to Bob Odenkirk, one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, definitely. Great comedian, great actor. Definitely hope he um, gets better.
0: So if we were to reimagine Paris, Texas as like a revenge thriller or something, how would how would it go?
1: I'll leave it I'll leave I that have one no to Yeah, yeah. I don't think you I, I don't think this movie could be that because it's not meant to be. What if it's just what if he was just like it, in the
2: photo booth though, right? And was like, I found
1: you like like
2: after four years of searching. Oh, the
0: movie gets all like psychologically yeah. fucked up and creepy. <laughs> he just he just turns into like a, a, a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it would... goes on a killing
0: spree <laughs> yeah. in the in the peep show yeah. house.
2: <laughs> but no, Jeff, I think that your your feelings are like absolutely warranted. Adam, I was really afraid that both of you would feel that way, but I thought that one of you might feel that way. I just didn't know which one. I didn't know if it was going to be Jeff or if it was going to be Jesse.
1: I don't. I don't really think I've either one conveyed my feelings properly, or they haven't been received in a way. I think that's no. I don't think understood. you're saying the movie's terrible. I think
2: you could recognize too that there's like, it's obviously like a well-shot movie, right? And you could see why there are certain reasons that it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't need this movie to be anything more than what it is. I need it to be more interesting than what it Got is. It. And that's really the, the the key to my point, is it can be what it's trying to do, but what it's trying to do is not supported by what I feel are strong actors, besides the two main actors, which are really the only ones that matter, and the kid's pretty good, too. But the movie overall isn't that well-supported or structured in a way that the narrative makes sense to me. Not makes sense, it makes perfect sense, in a way that is in any way invested or in any way that I care about. When it's presented in such a dry and flat manner, when it's just like, okay, well, something here has to, to be a hook. There has to be something here to make this story worth telling. Mm-hmm. And to me, there was never anything. This, I think, Jesse, to answer your question about what maybe like a modern equivalent to this movie that I think is much much better would be like *Marriage Story*. Mm. Yeah.
2: Okay,
0: I haven't seen that. I oh, want great.
1: like that's a really amazing piece of human drama. That's like well acted and like real and gripping and has like an emotional range that has peaks and valleys to it and has a way that it it can it nestles you and cradles you in this in this feeling of like well, at least if you've come from that type of background of something you understand something that's relatable. In this movie it fails to be either a relatable because it's such a unique situation that it presents in the beginning, but then it attempts to remedy that by being relatable later. About like trying mm. to create connections of fatherhood and family, and 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 all these type of uh, and and connections with his brother, but these connections aren't strong because it's not presented in a way where it's interesting. Is that presented in a way where there's a t- there's a reason for it to be being told. It's just presented in a way that's just like flat. And it's just like, ugh, okay.
2: yeah. Marriage story is definitely and it, like peaks valleys type thing. And it's like the Paris, Texas is like marriage story. It is
0: operating on like a pretty, pretty solid emotional tenor the whole time. It's, there's not a lot of, like you say, peaks and valleys to it. It's, it is pretty, it's just like going down yeah. the road and looking at the, the prettiness
1: this um, is a, this is a movie that could have been an email could have been a what like you know it's just an email oh. <laughs> like you know what I mean what? it's just it's so i don't it, it it's so it's so much longer than it needs to be it's like you could have told this type of story in such a less amount of time and still would have kept in my in my opinion encapsulated the exact same amount of information,
0: yeah, but I think that they were they were interested in doing more than just telling a story like i said the like we've all said, the story isn't really the main thing that's going on here. Then what's and, uh, going on in terms of in terms of relatability? It's like, and I think I talked about this with villains at some point, where it's like sometimes like I don't like I I'll have nothing in common with a character, but they'll still be relatable because they're they feel human, and this is like a very human feeling movie. It almost like. I don't know. It touches this this interesting nerve that I don't see movies touch a lot, or if they do, then they don't do it and in, in like as contemplative and uh, yeah. I, I don't know this that that kind of way. I don't know if that's clear or not. <laughs> oh no, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I just don't agree. Seriously, I'm sorry. I just yeah. I think it's telling a human story, and it's just one that's not that interesting.
2: I think that marriage story, going back to that example, is this movie, if this movie is like tired, Paris, Texas, it's like, it it feels almost like the oppressive nature of the space and the landscapes is like, and the distance between people physically and, and like philosophically is so exhausting to the characters and to the narrative that it's like, like Jesse said, you're kind of just like, well, oh, fuck, I'm just going to walk down this road. Um,
0: yeah, it is exhausting. It is an exhausting movie. I think I looked at the the time at one point and I was like, halfway? I know, seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I got there at about a quarter.
2: <laughs> um, it has influenced, like, some shots here and there have influenced some directors. Specifically, the one that I liked the most was Wes Anderson, Um, In the Royal Tenenbaums, he uses kind of like the scene where uh, Chaz, Ben Stiller's character, is flipping through old photos of his uh, deceased wife. He got that like energy and that vibe, he said, from Paris, Texas. Um, But yeah, I I like this movie not as kind of like, oh my god, this movie is like earth shattering. It's like not that. It's like there's this little gem, I feel like, of a movie. It's like almost like a pretty paperweight that you every once in a while you pick up you look at and you're like wow this is actually very intricate and and touching but it can easily it like rides that line of like easily falling into just like what the fuck like is anything going to like happen is it like going to make my heart beat any faster at any point um yeah yeah but for someone like me at least just this is just a personal thing i love Understated movies like this, and it like was suck sucking the life force out of me. And then that scene at the end, I just you mean I that in a good reveals. way, right? Sucking oh, yeah. the life force yes. out of you—that could yes. be
0: positive or negative. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean it in a good way. It it like right. it calms me, which makes sense. I mean, it puts some people to sleep, right? Like, but there's something about this film that it goes against. I feel like a lot of the American expectations, maybe a film like no one's going to be up in the fucking theater hooping and hollering and clapping and shit <laughs> when this movie's going on. <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, I, I think that it's good that films like this exist. And I think that it is one of the prettiest films, I will say, I think music wise and just cinematography color shot wise that I've seen.
0: Yeah. I I agree with all of your points. I agree with half of them. <laughs> Back up all of your points. So, Paris, Texas, we got two recommendations and a not,
1: I think. No, I don't d- not recommend this movie. It wasn't for me, but Yeah. You know, there are a lot of movies out there that aren't for me that could easily be for somebody else. So, I don't recommend nor not recommend it. It's probably just You
0: gotta get a lukewarm from Jeff.
1: Yeah, just something that I won't ever see again. Did yeah, you like it has good elements, but just didn't grab him,
0: which is yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. I,
1: I would, I would like getting my nut stapled to a two x four more than funny games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but Jeff, we still have to still have to watch the other one.
1: Oh, yeah. No. Oh boy, something to look <laughs> the forward sister, to the life. sister film. Yeah, we'll
0: have to do another episode. Funny games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the literal twin oh, sister boy. film.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> well, anyone recommendations, boys?
0: Yeah, let's do some recommendations. Um I'll start. I got one I texted you guys about this a few weeks ago. And I was looking through for something to recommend. And it's called hashtag alive. And oh. it's from uh it's a South Korean movie. Hmm. And it's like a, a zombie movie kind of thing. And I had seen this on Netflix I'd like browsed past it and I was like, Oh God, a horror movie with a hashtag in the title. Like get (laughs) out of here. No way. But eventually I was like, "Ah, it's Korean. It might be good. Let's see. And then I was reading a little bit about it and it was like the biggest movie in Korea for like years.
1: Wow. Um, like it came out before
0: the pandemic and I don't know. Um, Really? And, uh, it starts out, Kind of annoying because you have this. Kid oh, that's a great way for like, a movie to start out. He's like, well, he's like a gamer. He's like a closet gamer. But mm-hmm. then the zombie apocalypse happens, and he has to stay alive in his apartment. And mm-hmm. it just gets better and better. I'm not gonna say this movie's like fantastic, but it it does a lot of things really well and earns its little twist on the zombie formula. He meets up with a girl. And there's like um, they have this cool interplay from building to building and like trying to communicate with each other, and then yeah, they end up trying to escape and meeting more characters, and it's just really fun and it has a lot of fun zombie stuff in it. Uh, get past the first 15 minutes; it's kind of slow and you might think like, ah, uh, this looks generic as hell. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's, it's worth it, and it's review. only it's only an hour and 40 minutes, so it's nice. on Netflix. What you got? What do you got to lose?
1: what do you get to lose yeah alex Uh,
0: alex
2: um yeah i have one actually that isn't like usually part of something that would be in my wheelhouse um i'm i wouldn't say that i'm like a super fan of horror films just because i don't know that much about them um i still have to watch like the uh what is it the dead alive or not dead alive um the evil dead like I, I need to watch that trilogy and everything oh
1: wow um,
0: they they're not gonna scare you you'll love moment. them they're great. they're fun but they're not gonna scare you not not at age thirty.
2: I saw this movie a few months ago called The House of the Devil. It was made in two thousand and nine by T. West. I think oh yeah Ty West name. Ty Ty got it yeah, um hmm. and it actually like it is a cool little callback. Um, to, like, some of the 1980s, like, slasher films. But it has, like, the new modern-day, like, psychological, suspenseful twist stuff where it's not just, like, gore horror or anything like that. Um, It's decently scary, I would say, for the most part. But it... My favorite thing about it is just, like, how meticulously well and, like, clean it is shot. Um, There's, like, no... I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but I like really, really enjoyed this movie. And I watched it a few months ago and haven't rewatched it since, but it's always been on my mind. Um, I saw that
0: movie, I think, 10 years ago. Okay. And I it really came liked out, it. I think, I, like, I don't remember it. I think it came out, yeah, like 2009 or something. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, my brain forgets so much stuff that's important. But it's like a movie I saw 10 years ago, oh yeah, I know what year it came out and not because it was that year. It's like... That real it's weird like the DNA? encyclopedic, the retardedly encyclopedic knowledge of things that don't matter. <laughs>
2: but yeah, it's like, I think oh, it's who
0: cool. played in Who played in the band Cradle of Filth in 2002? I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you. There's no reason for me to know this.
2: But yeah, I think that actually you guys might have like cooler things to say about the film because i feel like you guys are a little more well-versed in the horror genre so
1: i don't know jeff do you watch a super amount of horror movies i'm not I, sure actually not really i'm, I'm not actually i'm like i'm a big fan of horror but horror has taken that particular turn in the last you know decade or so that i ha- quite haven't followed down the same road so um yeah most of them are schlock i don't I, for me, I'm very particular on horror, but I would say I I, I love horror. You know, I, some of the first movies I watched were like Friday the Thirteenth and the Chucky movies and stuff like that. Those were like some of the first actual like films I sat
0: down. No and man, just a glorious, glorious Chucky movies.
1: The House of the Devil
2: is definitely a little schlocky, but I will say because it came in 2009, it plays off the 70s, 80s nostalgia vibe before. Stranger Things and it and fucking Finn Wolfhard doing his. Oh my god, weren't the 80s so cool? Like, he's <laughs> in every horror movie about the 80s, the 80s right? It's like, <laughs> or Jesus anything Christ. about the 80s. Yeah, now? yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I, it, its budget was sub a million, it's nine hundred thousand dollars, and it only made a hundred thousand dollars back. So, wow, yeah. It's a it's an interesting little experiment. Oh, indeed. Yeah. So yeah,
0: it played at like one theater. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) It's like in a San Francisco art theater for like a weekend. They just
1: lost the rest of the prints of the film. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they were just like, all right, well, we lost them. Which would be fucking impressive for one weekend Mm -hmm. in one
2: theater to make a hundred grand. They'd be like, shit. They would.
0: Well, they charged a lot. They charged (laughs) like two hundred bucks.
1: Yeah. We need more Mike and Ike. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, Ike, and Mike themselves. Exactly. Them deliver Get us Mike and pallets. Ike on the phone. Get Mike on the phone. Ike's a cunt. <laughs> oh, oh, boy.
0: You got a wreck, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I got a couple, and I, I specifically tailored these towards movies that I felt were like uh, Paris, Texas, but better. It's so like, Back <laughs> to the <laughs> nice. Future Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> so uh there's two movies i want to recommend one of them's called the florida project it's with william defoe brooklyn prince sean uh directed by sean baker that's a really great film uh william defoe it's kind of like a human drama um about, what's it like, called uh the florida project about like teenagers and a struggling mom and a dad and like kind of just like a family drama but i love some william defoe really really well and william defoe I always call him William. Willem. But I mean, we know that I have a per perchance for just pronouncing everything fucking wrong. <laughs> so uh Willem Defoe. I mean, just 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 be William. Um yeah, he's really great. And then the other one is um called where was it in my head? I had it right here. Oh, eighth grade. Bo Burnham's movie, Eighth Grade. Um, like another really great A twenty-four movie. Uh Bo Burnham kind of wrote I believe wrote and directed this movie, and um, it's just a really great little insight onto early, um, kind of pr- early eighth grade, you know, pre-high school life, and it's very like slice of life, real, grounded project they did. And Bo Burnham, you know, he really just put his heart and soul into it. So those are my recommendations. He's What's cool. the deal
0: with A24? Because my only context with them was you guys talking about it. In, like, our Midsummer podcast. I've heard other people, like, mention it, but I thought it was just, like, a horror studio. No,
1: they're, like, a new up-and-coming just studio in general. They're, like, a new... Like, they like they produce, like, newer, like, more modern-edged movies. they kind of like movies. Focus. I don't know if you guys remember that company, Focus. Features. They did Lady Bird. They did... Um, the Witch. Killing of The Sacred Deal. They did Witch. They did Moonlight. The Green Knight. Yep. First Reformed. So,
0: things that are shot quality wise like pretty well yes yeah. like they
1: do quality movies that are like have more of like a modern like focus minari which
2: i have not seen yet as i and i should a24 yeah.
1: doesn't really do period
2: pieces yeah the- right
0: okay that's what you mean by modern because i yeah. was thinking like with like the vitch and ari aster's movies it, it almost feels like they're going forward by going backward in a sense mm. in terms yeah. of like they like yeah they're they're taking in and utilizing the tools of their forefathers in a way that a lot of modern horror has completely neglected they're just like ah, let's just do quick cuts and bad cg and like (laughs) all these all these uh jump scares and you're just like get out of here this isn't horrifying at all it's just boring
1: i think a24 is just a, a production company that appreciates movies that take their time yeah, yeah. Paris, Texas probably would have been released by them yes, if they exactly. back in the day. Exactly. Paris, Texas would have definitely been an A twenty four movie. It's like they gotcha. just they're they're into that style of movie.
0: Well, I might have to look them up. See um, the
1: list. Yeah, Florida Project and Eighth Grade. Two really great uh, projects that are in the same vein.
0: Fantastic. Well, that is our review of Paris, Texas. As we said before, two thumbs up and a meh
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so two not thumbs bad. up and a watch it. I mean, definitely watch it's, it. Uh, it has something to say.
0: Yeah. And uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yep, that's uh, us trying uh, to end a podcast once again failing <laughs> next week night. we're next week we're talking about snatch jeff jeff's, jeff's having us watch snatch
1: i know right just to solidify the fact that i am nothing more than a uh gun loving <laughs> troglodyte so yeah we're, we're in for snatch. Like we're going to watch Some, die something hard that doesn't dive. something that doesn't have anything to do with uh thinking or slow burns it's all fast <laughs> burns and quick cuts it jeff is a very is a fast gander-tall. movie
0: it is very much not Paris, Texas. Unadulterated
2: <laughs> so. English Cockney testosterone, and it is yep. so fun. I love it.
0: <laughs> it's hey, uh, we doing? No, not the can't film. Can't give you a review till next week.
2: I'm just saying, Guy Ritchie's. Uh, sorry, his his pant. Yeah, the film's film. a big piece of crap. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to talk about how much it sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Real weirdos signing out. Later, guys. Now our podcast is done, and we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff will be back real soon. The real weirdos, we talk about movies. For way too goddamn long.